The Utah Jazz have the rightful order of the basketball universe. The depth and system allows them to continue to play well. Why are they so good on the road? And an interesting perspective on Boyan Bogdanovich's career with the Utah Jazz. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked On Jazz free and available on all platforms for you, including YouTube, where you can subscribe and push that button. We did that in the wrong order. I was just trying to see if you were paying attention. No, I just dyslexic it and did it in the wrong order for some weird reason. We do the same thing every single morning. And for whatever reason, my brain this morning couldn't do it quite right. So uh, who knows? But for all those regulars to Locked on Jazz who are listening right now going, what just happened to Lock? That's what happened to Lock. Something didn't function quite correctly i don't if you're looking at me on youtube you can tell the hair's like everywhere it's it's discombobulated we'll go to the williams hat we'll look a little better now uh anyway uh good morning to all hello to the regular crew that says uh good morning on our chat room of youtube on forest and andrew and lee and cody and ray and richie and robert and jacob and john um by the way, people, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning, a little behind. Oh, it's 8. I'm way behind. I'm trying to leave here by 8.30. Um, and uh, you're awake, and it's supposed to be the holidays. Like, I appreciate you getting up with me in the morning, but, um, you know, I, I, I think you should be sleeping. Because I think I should be sleeping. But there's things to go, there's places to be, and kids to hang out with. Here's what's going on with the Utah Jazz right now. Um, one, honestly, according to multiple metrics, we have played the easiest schedule in the NBA. So dunks and threes, NBA.com, we're at 30th ranked of strength of schedule. Our offense, uh, strength of offenses we've played is 30th strength of defenses we've played is actually 17th at this point. And we still have the number one offense in the league. <coughs> Weighing that, our overall differential is actually second to the Warriors with our offense being number one and our defense being five. We're still great. We just haven't played a lot of people recently. The second thing that's going on is that the rightful order of our basketball universe is completely intact, even without Donovan. And I'll get into that in a second. Where everyone else's is a mess. Like Boston last night shoots like four of a million from three. Some of that's they had a bad shooting night. A lot of that is that without Jason Tatum and without some other guys, you just have everyone playing different roles. Trey Young makes the comment that yesterday he goes to shoot around to be introduced to some of his teammates. Miami ends up not playing. There's now like this little discussion about whether or not, like, is there an advantage to not playing? I I doubt there is, but we're because of COVID and because of the health and safety protocols, we're just in a wacky world where the, you know, first sub off the bench for Portland last night, it's a guy who's not never played for them has never practiced with them and is on their roster. 
San Antonio wasn't quite as bad in that regard, but we're seeing that just kind of universally across the board right now. And the Jazz have one not been struck by it. And so the rightful order of our basketball universe is still kind of, um, you know, holding together when everyone else's rightful order of the basketball universe is a mess. And, you know, you look at last night, Dame Lillard and Norman Powell have pretty good games. They're doing their regular thing. Dame's being the man. Norm Powell's the second or third uh, tier guy. Probably they'd be better off if he was just their second guy. He's a little bigger. Probably plays defense a little better than CJ. And then after that, they have no third, no fourth, no fifth, no rightful order, and they fall apart. San Antonio, DeJounte Murray really is their engine so that when he's missing and they don't have that kind of depth, then they end up with a bigger problem. What we're seeing with us when we're missing a guy like Donovan or we're missing someone like Mike for games and we survive, some of it's just because a guy like Joe's really good and he steps into the starting lineup and so therefore we don't drop a lot. It's also because we play the same system and we play the same manner and so then, then therefore we're able to kind of hold it together. And by holding it together, what I mean is, you know, guys are playing in similar roles. Things aren't really that discombobulated in a great deal. And we're able to play with, you know, our rightful order of the basketball universe. Everyone's kind of figuring out where we exist, how we exist, what our roles are. As the season's gone, we've talked about we don't have enough possessions. And we're seeing that. And then what we're now watching is, hey, without Donovan, everyone kind of just slides into a new role, but a pretty comfortable one. Boyan obviously was more aggressive early in the game. Mike's still kind of playing his game. Jordan understands that he's got more to do. And everyone just kind of – but they're places where they're comfortable. The fact of the matter is our guys are usually retreating back a little bit from what they want. <clears throat> I think the coaching staff has, has done something really well in this regard. In these last two games, I want to dig into it a little bit. Um, our best lineup, and, and we talked about this the night before Donovan didn't play. If you, if you look into our stats as a team and look at our lineup data – the best lineups we have, I was really concerned that without Don, the impact we are going to have is that our guys, we weren't going to be able to keep the rightful order of the basketball universe, that we weren't going to be able to keep our same guys on the floor. And if you look at our numbers as a group, our number one lineup plus 19.3 is that bridge lineup. It's the same lineup. Frankly, it's been our best lineup for two or three years. It's Mike Conley with Rudy Gobert. It's our two all-stars, our two six men, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson. And this year it's with Rudy Gay. And we're plus 19.3 when that group is on the floor. And, you know, when Eric Paschal was in there, we were plus 15.0. So we're just good with that group. With Donovan out, I thought there was a real chance we weren't going to be able to get to that lineup anymore. You know, our starting lineup is plus 14.1. And then some of our other lineups actually aren't that excellent. Um, some of them are, but some of them aren't. And, you know, for example, our Donovan, Royce O'Neal, Boyan, Joe Ingles, Hassan Whiteside, which is often our first substitutions, pretty even, Donovan with Jordan, Royce, Boyan, and Hassan, which is when Joe leaves is good, but it's not great. It's really bad defensively. It's particularly bad on the defensive glass. So um, I was worried going into this that there's a chance we we're going to lose that. The coaching staff did a really nice job kind of rebuilding their rotations here. And if you look at the Spurs game, I should have brought this up earlier in the week. They get to the, that lineup. They get to Mike Conley. Rudy Gobert, two all-stars, our two six-men, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, and they get to Rudy Gay. The way they did it is they had Trent Forrest play in three stints the same way Rudy Gobert plays in three stints. So then Mike and 
in or played in the middle stints, the two stints when Mike Conley's off. So Mike Conley could match Rudy Gobert. And then they brought Jordan Clarkson in for a little bit of a longer run. Jordan's played 30 in each of the last two games a little differently than he has in the past. So, you know, well done. And then uh, Royce O'Neal worked off Rudy Gay. Uh, Rudy Gay worked off Royce O'Neal minutes and Boyan Bogdanovich minutes in a little bit of a different way than he has in the past. So they, they really, they did this well. The, the point of this is that against San Antonio, that bridge lineup in the first half was plus eight. In the second half was plus three, which was plus 11 in a game we won by, I think, six. So that bridge lineup, keeping the rightful order of the basketball universe, is what won us that San Antonio game. Now, last night, we won by 15, and it's still, and we definitely, you know, this was a whitewash from the very beginning. Our starting lineup was plus 12, but the bridge lineup, again, did a really nice job in this game. They they ended up being for the, there was a little bit of a, Joe stepped out for a minute in that third quarter when he had some mishaps. But for the most part, that group stayed on the floor um, and ended up being plus six in the second half. And I think they were about even in, in the first half. And we were going to win this game anyway. It wasn't, but that's keeping the order of the basketball universe together. That's why we're able to survive injuries. Why right now when everyone else is a mess, we're holding it together. Our, obviously haven't been struck by COVID yet, which I'm, I'm frankly sure will happen at some point. It's pretty hard not to. And so... Um, you know, I think that that's the case where you're seeing that the Jazz have this kind of very kind of put together system, and, it, and it's why they're, you know, Mike Conley misses a game, we still win. Donovan Mitchell misses a game, we still win. Frankly, Donovan and Mike missed a bunch of games last year, and we actually held it together pretty well to hold on to the number one seat. So that's why this is taking place. It's both the coaching staff does a brilliant job of holding together somewhat regular rotations during the process, but also, you know. And then right now it's largely because, you know, frankly, we, we're not having the same problems everybody else is having. Um, so that's just kind of one way to look at it. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at grip6.com. Uh, they are the belt company, the wallet company, the sock company, uh, Utah local company, and they put it all together in their store in Murray, uh, in the factory. Uh, grip6 does wonderful work. Uh, I'm a Grip6 belt wearer. I'm a Grip6 sock wearer. Actually, I love the um, socks. I haven't gotten the wool eight-pack yet with a little higher. I've got the short ones. Uh, from a belt standpoint, I'm a fan. My favorite is the honeycomb, and the uh, ninja belt is the basic, and then there's the carbon fiber setups. You can go check them all out. Go under belts and then check the <laughs> on the different combo series, the buckles. The cool thing is you take a buckle, you take a strap, you get two buckles, you get two straps, and now all of a sudden you have four belts. Um, and you can buy the straps and the buckles separately. You can mix and match. You can get the really cool uh, U.S. flag ones with a work belt, uh, as well as many of the other. Uh, they even have a new Mission Oat buckle, which is pretty cool uh, for you. It's all at Grip6.com. No flaps, no holes. Perfect fit. Check it out. Grip6.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is t- saving you lots of money. In fact, the average person using Truebill is saving $720 a year. Why free trials without your consent? Because it's a business scam to get you that you do not let to get you money out of your pocket. Greedy corporations pocket your money, download Truebill and take control. Truebill is the app that helps you identify and stop paying subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget. It also allows you to budget, keep stack, track of multiple payments or pay excessive payments or any weird interactions. It's a nice little feature it has. Get your link, link your accounts. Truebill will cancel all your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and you're 
true bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Two million users have saved over a hundred million. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. Go right now to truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. That's truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. A few things on last night. Uh, Rudy Gay obviously was great. We talked about yesterday he was struggling. So he's now put together two nights that are so great that his numbers look normal. I would prefer a little bit more of this, but maybe playing this bench role is not something um, that he's going to have to, where he, you know, he does, maybe he doesn't, that's not reality for him right now is to, is to play that. And again, as I said yesterday, the only concern was he's coming off that injury. And so you just wonder about his body. Long-term Rudy Gay matters to us a tremendous amount uh, in, in April and May. The thing that jumps out to me about Rudy Gay um, is his rebounding. There were a few plays last night in which we're so willing to let Rudy Gobert now go out onto the floor and defend at 30 feet, and and he's great at it. (laughs) The problem is that when Rudy Gobert is suddenly out at 30 feet defending the ball and Rudy, somebody else has got a rebound, and – that's not always a good, you know, Royce O'Neal's our, really our second best rebounder. Hassan Whiteside is, but he's not going to be on the floor if Rudy is. He's our second best rebounder when, and he's 6'4". So Rudy Gay at 6'8", and he, I think, is having a, you know, a career year right now in regards to rebounding rate. That's a vital, vital piece of what Rudy Gay brings to our puzzle right now. When Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert are on the floor together, our defensive rebounding is in the 97th percentile. That's pretty great. That's a playoff. That's where he's going to matter in the playoffs and play more minutes. And he's responsible for this because when Rudy Gobert is on the floor without Rudy Gay, our defensive rebounding rate is in the 44th percentile. So the switch of that one guy, Boyan's a terrible rebounder. Uh, Eric Pascal was was good when he was in with Gobert. Um, Joe Ingles is a terrible rebounder for his, depending what his position is. And Royce is good, but he's small. So, you know, when you look at these, what Rudy Gay brings as much as anything, frankly, is, is a rebounding presence with those second laps. Now, last night he brought everything, right? He went eight of 13 from the field. He went three of seven from three. He went two of two. But again, he had six boards. And um, I think that's, that's actually where his importance might be at its peak for us. Now, when Rudy Gay is on the floor with Rudy Gobert, usually it's in that kind of bridge lineup we talked about a few minutes ago. It's in the second units, and we're going to see how they do against some of the better players along the way. But right now, when those two are on the floor together, the Jazz are pretty darn good. They're plus 17, 99th percentile. The offense is in the 96th percentile, and the defense is in the 95th percentile. That's working. Now, it's working against bench units. So let's not overstate it right now it's working in that bridge lineup but he was really really good last night um and again a little bit i think of that is the work of the coaching staff again to make sure that these units stay together um and and hold their place uh another guy i wanted to mention um i end up with these notes and then i don't always get to mike conley's doing some interesting things uh last night he actually had three turnovers um or two turnovers he mike conley only has Five turnovers in his last six games played. Um, over a course of 180 minutes, he's only turned it over six times in that stretch. He really is controlling this team at a beautiful level right now. 
Um, he's not he's not shooting great. He's two of his last 12 and 10 of his last 28 from the field. Fine. Uh, that'll, you know, th- those are short little stints. And, but he's really playing well. He has been positive for every game of the month. The last time that Mike Conley, the Jazz did not outscore the opponent when Mike Conley was on the floor. It was November 26th. So the Jazz over the last now 14 games are positive with Mike Conley on the floor. And in that stretch, he's averaging five assists, one turnover game, 14 points, 50, 45% from the floor, 41% from three, five, three rebounds, five assists. I don't know that he makes another all-star game. Last year was fortunate with some of the injuries, but I also would say, you know, this is a guy who's actually, I think, playing better this year and more important to the team and has a great grip. I love the comment he made the other day about, I told Rudy Gobert that twice a night, I'm going to turn the ball over trying to get him lobs. And I, you know, the reason I think it's important is because Rudy needs to touch the ball. Rudy's worked awfully hard and it's what keeps his vibe going. It's where he's trying to improve the most. He's trying to expand his offensive game. Teams are taking him away. And if we don't make a conscious effort to get Rudy Gobert the ball a tremendous amount, then all of a sudden his world gets, you know, he gets forgotten. And then it's really hard to ask him to do all the other things. Another 20-point game for Rudy. Rudy has scored 20 now in five of the last nine games for the Jazz. In fact, if you look at Rudy's last nine games overall, he's averaging 18 points, 15 rebounds shooting 70% from the floor and 70% from the free throw line. Wow. Wow. And three blocks a game. We know what he does defensively. Um, He's on a plus minus streak that's pretty good, but he was negative against Washington. Um, So he does not have this quite the same streak that Mike Conley has going on in regards to plus minus. Um, Last night, the Jazz just dominated the rim. The numbers are crazy. The Jazz had... 30 shots in the restricted area last night. I believe, according to cleaning the glass last night, the Jazz took 50% of their shots at the rim. 51% of their shots at the rim is the highest rate of anyone all season long. We went, according to cleaning the glass, we went 29 to 40. According to NBA.com, we hit 30 shots in the restricted area. To Portland's 10. Now, they were shorthanded. We understood how to punish them, but there's a talent. Um, there's a talent to that, to be able to do that, um, is to punish someone in that manner when you have to, uh, get it done. Um, why are we good on the road? And Boyan Bogdanovich with an interesting little career run that Quinn Snyder pointed out. We'll walk through it on the show. It's an interesting little way to look at, um, Boyan. few questions coming in. I feel like we rest Mike tomorrow and we have him ready for Golden State. Um, so I'm not a big believer that you alter your plan based on, the opponent, um, but you might rest him tomorrow because you're playing three games in four nights, and so you're better off having him rest here than you are on the other side. What do we do on the back side of that? Um, since we're not traveling, I'm not quite as attuned. Uh, we go out on the road and we play another four games in six nights on the back side. That's a lot of games. Wow. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, are either of them national television games? That impacts a little bit of who you when you can rest and when you cannot. Um, NBA TV on Saturday might mean you're not supposed to rest Mike on Saturday and you have to rest him tomorrow. Also might depend on who. Uh, Mike struggles with D'Angelo Russell. 
uh, ironically enough, that you actually might try to avoid that a little bit. Um, Ryan, the upcoming back-to-back Golden State and Phoenix, when is Mitchell back? Well, we've got Minnesota Golden State first. The Golden State-Phoenix back-to-back isn't till late January. Um, I would assume he's back by then. I would hope he's back this week, but I don't know. I mean, really, it's a back. I don't think um, there, there's a lot you know about um, those kind of things. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Let's see what they have to say. Uh, Raiders, Sunday, six and a half point underdogs to the hot Indianapolis Colts. Buccaneers are a 13-point favorite over the Jets. That should probably be illegal. Um, Kansas City is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Cincinnati. The Detroit Seahawks are favored over the Detroit Lions. Thank goodness. Monday night Steelers over the Browns. Over in the NBA world, uh, what do we got? Boy, how are they picking lines in the NBA right now? There's probably some money to be made if you know what you're doing in the NBA. I, I don't, and I'm not allowed to, so I wouldn't know. Um, Brooklyn's a five-point favorite over the Sixers right now. Wizards are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cavaliers, who lost Ricky Rubio for the year. Orlando, 14-point dog to the Bucks, And the Warriors and Nuggets again tonight. Warriors are a four-point favorite in Denver. The championship odds still holding. Brooklyn at plus 250. Miami at plus 350. Milwaukee at plus 775. Phoenix at plus 900. And Jazz are now plus 1,100. With Lakers still holding at plus 1,200. To make the NBA Finals, Brooklyn's plus 135, Milwaukee's plus 375, Miami's at plus 525. I guess if you're inside plus 5600, you're probably a contender. Warriors are plus 130, Phoenix plus 475, and the Jazz at plus 550. So Vegas is actually sliding off the Jazz a little bit, which is interesting. BetOnline.ag, go get your package. Locked on is your 50% welcome bonus. The Questions continue to come in. I wanted to grab this one because this is like everyone's first question. Do you see new ownership expanding our ways to watch games like streaming packages? Yeah, I mean, I don't think the fact that like Ryan Smith is going to games with uh, the CEO of Apple is mean like is coincidence. I mean, I think he's connected and understands the future and knows where everything's going. Is going to try to do everything he can. Now it's hard. It's hard to make the math work, and it's hard to walk away from the money that you're getting from your current provider. Um, but at some point. We're heading that direction. The world is. And so, yes, I do. I think, frankly, they've done a pretty good job this year. DirecTV's got it streamed for you with a package. FUBU's got it streamed for you. So I think they've made pretty big inroads um, this year to make it a lot better for you as a fan. Um, Why are we so good on the road? We're 12-3, and best team on the road. I I think it actually stems to the rightful order of the basketball universe, again. Um, I think it's we all know. They all know what they're doing. They've been together for a long time. Uh, I think the fact we have so many players playing means we're not as fatigued. And I think fatigue shows up on the road more than it does at home. Um, I think our depth uh, allows for that. I think the fact we play a system and you know how we're going to play each night, night in and night out. And we kind of are so well coached that no matter what we look at, you know, we know whether it's home or road, if they're trapping, we're doing this. If they're doubling, we're doing this. There's some interesting things going on right now. We'll get into it tomorrow on the show about where teams' defenses are going against us. It's almost like we're circling back to three years ago again. Um, And then I think the last one to this is we don't foul. Um, If you – officiating is impacted by 
the home crowd, there's research that shows it that it has an impact and it bothers people, uh, officials, and that they they kind of fall in that direction. And so um, when you don't foul a lot defensively, you're impacted less. The Spurs did this for many years. That when you when you don't foul, you're not as impacted by the home road swings. Um, and so that is part of why we're able to win so much um, on the road. All right, this is not something I ever thought of. This is purely Quinn Snyder, and I wanted to share this. I thought this was really interesting. I'm digging into it. So you were talking about Boyan Bogdanovich. Boyan's having a career year. Andy, Quinn alluded to it, and then Andy Larson did a really nice job following up on the question. Now, Boyan shot badly last night, so some of these numbers aren't as good, but his 48% from the field is the second best of his career. His 42.4% from three is second best in his career from the 42.5 he had against Indiana. His 53.6 two-point shooting is the second best of his career. And his effective field goal percentage of 58.6 is the best of his career. So Quinn was asked about it, and his perspective was really interesting. So, and I'm going to kind of fiddle and kind of arbitrarily choose some dates here. But Quinn talked about the fact that, okay, we saw it with Mike that guys come to our team. They have a hard time kind of figuring it out. Then they do kind of figure it out. And from there, they, you know, they, they get it. So if you look at Boyan and you just grab like the 14th game of the year, it's a little bit arbitrary. We could grab the 15th game of the year. It doesn't matter. So give him 14, 15 games of getting ready for the season. And then he gets hurt in December and he kind of fights through it. And you can noticeably kind of see where his performance in March and February really falls off. And that wrist injury is bothering him at a pretty substantial level. And it happens right around game 50. So if you look at those 38 games in the middle there, which takes out the top 15 and takes out the final where it's really obvious that he's hurt, like his performance just slides pretty dramatically. Boyan averages 22 points a game. He shoots 46% from three from the field. 42% from three, 90% from the line. Incredible. So 22 points, four rebounds, two assists. There, there's the first stint of Boyan getting comfortable, understanding who we are, what we want out of him, how, how we want him to play, how he fits into the group. And then and then he has the wrist injury, and then he doesn't he he doesn't go to the bubble. So you have this sample of like, okay, this is it. Eight threes a game, 46% from the field, 42%. From three, we go to last year, and there's no question he's not right. He's missing shots, layups, right and left, and he doesn't feel right. And he begins to get, you know, it's it's up and down. He's back to back three point games, still halfway through the season, and then it, like, everyone gets hurt, and he closes the year in this kind of flurry of the final twenty games of the year last year, where he shoots forty nine percent from the field, forty two percent from three, and he scores twenty three points a game. Like now Donovan and Mike are out and he's got to pick up the slack. And he, you know, he was a little off all of last year. And you can, we can back this one up if you think he was, you know, ready earlier and you want to stretch it out to the final 26 games of the year. It still kind of comes out to the same 48% from the field, 40% from three, 22 points a game. And Quinn's point yesterday was, Hey, this guy's coming off a surgery on his wrist, on his shooting hand, hadn't played in a long time. We had no training camp. He battles through it. And, you know, you can decide on your own when you think he was right. There's these sparks where he had like 30 point games, but then he would go eight, 10 games without, without scoring 20. He would, you know, he'd score 30 against Charlotte and then he wouldn't be a double figure or 
double figures every night and he wouldn't score 20 for another six, seven games. And then he'd go another five games and then he'd suddenly score 30 again. Then he'd go eight games before he scores 20 again. To me, that's not Boyan. Like this is, this is guy's a machine. Um, so then when Quinn was asked about this year, Quinn's point was, if you look at his career, he comes, he gets comfortable with us. He thrives. He gets hurt. He comes off the injury. He thrives. And what we're seeing this year out of Boyan is actually what Boyan is. And it's, Crazy, those numbers, 48% from the field, 42% from three, 86% from the line, and 17 points a game. It's not 22, but it's this exact same player that if you look at these other two stints of Boyan's career, suddenly we're with the Jazz. This is exactly who he is, healthy, understanding the system, unencumbered, and playing. He's a 48% shooter from the field. He's a 42% shooter from three. There just are not very many of those guys in the world. And that's wild to have that kind of shooting. Like we could go, we can go start running around um, and seeing these things. Like you, you try to find guys who are shooting 48% from the field and 42% from three. That's real. And then the other one Quinn talked about, which I think is the same case for Rudy Gay. We talked so much about Duncan Robinson and Davis Bertans and the six foot eight, three point shooter. Like Boyan's a six foot eight, three point shooter, which means he's always open. And that's, what's allowing him to get off a ton of threes every night is that there's just no question what he, you know, what, what his goal is. And so he's getting six threes off. Um, Quinn would probably like to have him at eight or nine. So uh, pretty pretty interesting kind of perspective. And that's why, you know, Quinn every now and then drops these nuggets. And that was a real one. I went and looked it up afterwards, was stunned by what I saw. All right, that is today's show. Thanks very much. Uh, Dan, thanks for the nice comment about the show. Tyler, can we get John Schumann, Ben Falk, or Seth Partnow on the show? Uh, Seth Parton, I should have in the book, just showed us to let him uh, sell his book. Uh, Mid-range theory, it's really good. John's one of my favorites, and Ben does great, great work with cleaning the glass. Um, I, sure. Um, probably not in season. We don't do a lot of guests in season. Off season, we could do something. Um, anyway, uh, hope everyone's good. Thanks very much for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to prep for Minnesota and Golden State. Have a good one.